In the heart of northern Michigan, there's this place with endless, endless forests. It's mostly public land, trout-filled rivers, long, winding two tracks and trails. When you're driving along, it's hard to even know where the closest house or gas station is. It almost feels like an elven forest out of Lord of the Rings. All these things, they're exactly why many people live here. You hunt, you fish, you hike, you swim, you cross, you ski. We have the Asabo River, uh, the Manistee River, world famous for fly fishing. You come up here and you're totally isolated and relaxed. It's just total calmness here. Those are residents Kevin Kraus, Lacey Stefan, Peter Hawk, and Debbie Light. Now, the irony is, all the things that make this place ideal for these people, they also make it ideal to train a U.S. soldier. Perfect spot to learn how to strategically use artillery or fight in a cyber war. And because of that, these two groups, the residents and the Michigan National Guard, are now going head to head. This is Points North, a show about the land, water, and inhabitants of the Upper Great Lakes. I'm Dan Wanshura. Some residents in northern Michigan are in conflict with the military over Camp Grayling. It's the largest National Guard training facility in the country. Now, the Guard wants to lease about 250 square miles of public land in the name of national security. It would more than double the size of the training grounds. But many residents say they distrust the Guard and think the expansion will threaten their way of life. Today's episode, Nature versus National Security. There's a meeting to talk about the expansion in Bear Lake Township Hall. It's the evening of July 7th, and reporter Michael Livingston is there. I'm here with about 100 other people in this tiny hall. It's super humid, no AC, just a couple of doors propped open, few ceiling fans going, and the room is really tense. Resident Monty Bullis has already made up his mind about the expansion. My questions are to the people sitting in the good people sitting in this room rather than the gentleman up front. Do you understand that your home values and your property values are probably going to go down? They're going to go down for this reason. Property values are just part of the concern. Many residents worry the expansion will take away access to the land they love. These things start gaining momentum and gaining momentum and gaining momentum, and pretty soon it doesn't matter what a wildlife biologist says or what a fisheries biologist says. Or what we say. Or, or what we say. It's not that people are against the military around here. Camp Grayling has been a part of the community for over a hundred years. People take pride in it. Many of them are veterans or know someone who serves. Here's how Lacey Stefan sees it. He's the township supervisor of the town of Grayling. Camp Grayling does not define Grayling. They are a part of Grayling. But if the military starts training on more land, many residents like Jim Knight worry the region could lose its main attractions. What's at stake? is what we came here for and, and worked our whole lives for, to be here and, and to have this peace and quiet. And, and it's like a gun range moving into some, somebody's place. They're the new neighbor. There's a gun range now next to you. So to get a better idea 
of why the guard wants to lease the land, we have to go to Camp Grayling. Right now, it's Northern Strike, a semi-annual training that's one of the largest in the Midwest. It's not just the National Guard here today. Thousands of participants from 19 states and several allied countries are here too. Military vehicles are driving up and down the back roads. Helicopters fly overhead all day long. In this maneuver, a group of soldiers shoot off some heavy artillery in a field northeast of Grayling. They're preparing for an emergency fire mission. Colonel Scott Myers is the garrison commander of Camp Grayling. He looks how you'd expect a military guy to look. Short hair, square face. He wears his green camo uniform and uses a lot of hand gestures when he talks. Myers says the Michigan Department of Military and Veterans Affairs wants Camp Grayling to be a go-to spot for training state, national, and international troops. The Guard needs the public land to make that happen, he says. Picture uh, tents with, with camo netting uh, over the tops of them, troops walking through the woods, just like, you know, you know a nature walk, but, but carrying weapons, uh, wearing camouflage uniforms, um, uh, driving their, their vehicles to the next location and a couple days later and, and doing it again. Um, not expanding any tank trails, not expanding any of those other things. I have plenty of space for those. What he does need space for is certain cyber warfare exercises he says the Guard cannot do on the current Camp Grayling footprint, things like open-air jamming of radar and GPS systems. This is what the military uses to mess with enemy communications, and if they're too close to the current footprint, they could mess up their own communications. Unlike the Northern Strike exercises today, the military wouldn't be able to fire off any live rounds or explosives. The expansion agreement says the DNR would still own the land, and residents can continue to use it, most of the time. The Guard would have to get approval from the state before holding training exercises, including during prime hunting season. He says if the troops are doing these exercises correctly, oftentimes residents won't even know they're there. Colonel Myers says the expansion is a matter of national security. You know, years ago, I, I received a, a, a quote, um, the blood of an untrained soldier forever stains their leader's hands. Um, meaning that if, if we're not prepared, if we're not preparing those soldiers for those conditions they potentially face, uh, as a community, we're to blame. And, and so, so, yes, uh, we, we believe it is urgent. What happens if this doesn't happen? Um, what happens if the, the police is not approved? What kind of problems could that cause down the line? Uh, Congress specifically asked that to the Secretary of the Army and the Secretary of the Air Force to identify training locations that can train in multi-domain operations simultaneously in a four-season environment. By multi-domain, he means trainings that happen on land, in the air, and water, space, and cyberspace. Um, I can't picture very many places in the continental United States that can get after that. I think we're very unique with that ability. And so... Um, uh, clearly, if, if we, we don't have the right spaces to do those activities, uh, in my opinion, lives will be at risk. Many residents are not convinced, including Jim Knight. At this point, Myers can say anything, and I, and, and I, don't, I don't really think I can believe anything he says right now. And Knight's not alone in thinking that. Many people are suspicious when they hear the guards' talking points, and there have been some inconsistencies. Here's one example. Myers said at one public meeting that noise wouldn't increase, 
but at a different meeting he said troops would sometimes fire off blank rounds and fly drones. Another thing people are concerned about, they're worried the Guard will allow military contractors to test things like weapons on the land. Myers initially said that wouldn't happen, but he told 9 and 10 News that he doesn't plan to have contractors on, but he wouldn't rule it out. When I asked him, he went back on it a bit. But as far as more of that research development, that experimentation that you see, yeah, we're not, they, they don't have any interest in those, those spaces for it. This one isn't an inconsistency, but people didn't like it. The guard says they wouldn't go within 1,500 feet of any water bodies if they get the lease. Then recently, troops were spotted paddling with weapons down the Manistee River during training, something they've done legally for years, but some residents were up in arms about that. They started to distrust the guard even more. Gene Desardens lives in the area. If me and you have an agreement and I'm going to do something and you agree to it and then I start changing it, that's not good. So I get alarmed when people change stuff, when people make different comments that we are supposed to rely on as fact. To understand how ingrained this distrust is, we have to go back in time. The Guard has tried to expand a handful of times, most recently in 2014, but it was squashed by conservation groups who said the Guard wasn't being transparent. But the big moment came when toxic chemicals called PFAS were found in a nearby lake in 2019, Lake Marguerite. Jackie Krause is still dealing with those consequences at her house on the lakeshore. Her son Kevin Krause is there too. We're standing in the kitchen. The only place you can drink the water at this house is at this sink. Underneath is a filter system. And they're filled with activated charcoal, and they're it basically it's a glorified grid of water filters, what it is, you know. PFAS have been linked to harmful health effects. They're called the forever chemical because they hardly break down. It got into Lake Marguerite after the National Guard used firefighting foam at their nearby airbase. The Guard hasn't been able to clean it up, but they're trying to figure out how to deal with it. And right now they're doing things like replacing filters and testing the water. The Krauses say it's too little, too oh, late. I, I just wonder, is it ever going to clean up out, out of this lake? Is not it going to be there forever? It's just, it's just not. It's just not. It's, it, the, the, After what happened with the PFAS, they totally understand why people don't want to give more land to Camp Grayling. The military, in this case the National Guard, is a tenant. And she's the landlord. And the tenant, you went to the house, they kicked the holes in the walls, and then they say, I want another lease and two more houses. Your first response would be, how's about you patch the holes in the wall of the house you just got done renting first? So for now, residents are waiting for answers. The state's Department of Natural Resources will make the final decision. I reached out to the department director for this story, but he declined to be interviewed. He says he'll make a decision later this summer based on the guard's proposal, environmental impacts, and how the public feels. Many residents, like Dean Desjardins, worry the state won't understand the mass disapproval coming from the residents. Don't we, the people, have a choice? Why is there no vote? And if they're taking the temperature of the people, they've lost. Debbie Light has property right next to the land the guard wants to start using. It's tucked away in the forest, down miles of dirt roads. Light calls this place her serenity, an escape from busy life downstate. 
It's where she grew up and where she wants to spend the rest of her life. As soon as you get here, your energy just drops some more peace. You, you don't have that anxiety and that anger. It's just total calmness here. But it's not always that way. Remember those training exercises from earlier? This is what it sounded like from a distance, approximately the same distance as Light's property. She says this destroys her serenity. I have bought military men their dinner, their lunch, because I know they work. They work hard. They're up here training, doing what they have to do to keep us safe, period, to keep us safe. This stuff that they're doing has nothing to do with keeping us safe. Nothing. At least, she says the National Guard hasn't proved that to her yet. If the expansion is approved, she says she'll probably stop coming up north as often. In the meantime, residents say they'll keep fighting to protect the land they love. And the military says they'll keep fighting to protect us all. That story was written and produced by reporter Michael Livingston. His position is a collaboration with Report for America and the Traverse City Record Eagle. It was edited by Morgan Springer. I'm Dan Wanshura. Music for today's episode by Magnus Moon, Hans Troost, and Samuel Peter Davis. You can find more stories from the Upper Great Lakes at pointsnorthradio.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, let us know what you think about the show. Rating and reviewing really helps more people find us. Thanks for listening.